Yeah, because, you know, that last step, that's a doozy. Hello, friends, and uh, welcome in to this, the 193rd edition of Fusebox, skillfully entitled Tripping Point. And I am your walking a high wire while juggling flaming hatchets on a unicycle host, Mark Rose, and uh, over there, is the flame-retardant master of the meters. <laughs> you like that one? Uh, well, Milk Canes, everybody. Yeah, well, uh, thank you kindly. Thank you kindly. So, let me tell you, I, uh, I've been doing some uh, hunting and pecking, bro. Yeah? Have you? What, are you going to get that uh, 73 Seafoam Green Pacer to run, finally? No, no, no. You know, I, I gotta say, now something wasn't really uh, sitting quite right with me on this whole uh, Ukraine thing. Uh, yeah. Well, you, you, folks are uh, dying for absolutely no good reason. Well, you see, that's what started to bother me. Yeah? Yeah. See, I don't, I don't think this horrible thing was as black and white as uh, we're all being told. Right. It's really easy to just paint everything as good guys and bad guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, uh, do tell. Well, I, I just started to do a little research, you know, and, and not from these crazy, radical websites. Oh, in other words, uh, CNN, uh, NBC. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Man. Uh, I used uh, uh, government data, uh, SEC, uh, stuff from an outfit called FAIR, which uh, stands for Fairness and uh, Accuracy in Reporting. And I just wanted to see how the hell this thing got so batshit crazy out of control and how all the fingers are immediately pointing to that dude in Moscow. Uh, Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Well, now, don't get me wrong. Fingers do need to point to this guy. He's no saint, and what he's doing and continuing to do uh, on a daily basis to those brave folks in Ukraine is a war crime of epic proportions. Yeah, I would I would second that for sure. Okay, but here's the thing. We're being told, or at least given some vague impression, that it's all Putin. He's just a crazy guy, and he's lost what little of a mind he had left, and he's just making one of these Hitler moves. Yeah, I know, but it really does look that way. I know, but man, it just doesn't wash when you look deeper, bro. Yeah? Well, please... Well, now, look, and I'm going to use a real nasty word here, so uh, be ready. It has a C and a T in it, so... Well, you know what? I don't think that the name-calling is a... Critical thinking. Oh! Yeah, well, you're always talking about this, so I, I use some. Oh, holy carp. Yeah, and man... Did it clear the windshield off, bro? Okay, okay. So, uh, uh, please, enlighten us, Mr. Keynes. Yeah, so it looks like uh, 2013 to maybe 2014 uh, was the real start of this mess. 
uh, Ukraine had in uh, 2014. They called it the Revolution of Dignity, which threw out this guy, uh, Yanukovych, who was elected in 2010, and he, he turned out to be a royal jackass. Yeah, heard of him, and uh, he, he was like a, a tyrant, evidently. Yeah, it's kind of Ukraine's answer to the orange guy. Ah. Even though uh, Yanukovych was six years before that other moron took office. Yeah, it's got to be in the water. Another would-be authoritarian, you know, lots of corruption in his government and a kind of weird coziness to Russia, which caused a, a divided country, as you might imagine. And yeah, the far-right jackasses here, yeah, they truly were bordering on Nazis. Sounding more familiar by the moment, Mr. Keynes. Yeah, so... Eastern and Western Ukraine had very different ideas of what their uh, country was going to look like after this year uh, revolution. So the East wanted to remain buddies with Russia, and the West wanted a more open deal with uh, Europe and the U.S. Then enter the IMF. Yeah, of course, the Impossible Missions Force. No, the International Monetary Fund, right? Yeah, right. Whose uh, stated mission, go ahead, look it up, is to reshape economies all over the world. Now, of course, these reshaping bucks that they give you come with a big balloon payment. Yeah, we'd like you to uh, do us a favor, though. Yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, all the green stuff in these deals comes from uh, mega corporate money pools. And just to make it clearer, countries that didn't play ball with these guys, you know, didn't get uh, reshaped, well, Bolivia and Yemen both had uh, disastrous coups take over their countries after refusing the help from these guys. That's something we used to call a visit from the economic hitman. It's very nice country you have there. Be shame if something should happen to it. Well, it... It's not a secret that the U.S. has always been uh, interested in sowing the seeds of democracy all over the place. You know, and that's freaking great. Yeah. Except what sprouts from those seeds is this sprawling vine that takes over everything. Okay, so you got this organization called the NED, and it pours about $170 million a year into organizations that defend or install U.S.-friendly regimes. Now, the Washington Post, David Ignatius... Yep, heard of him. Yeah. Well, he wrote that the NED does in the open what the CIA used to do in private, which is destabilizing governments and then installing these, quote, friendly regimes. Um, friendly to whom? Exactly. Well, now, that, there you go. That's my point. To the oligarchy over here. And the last thing I want to say about all this, and then we can close this edition of Meet the Press, <laughs> was during this overthrow period in 2014, the U.S. saw that as an opportunity to actually widen the stress points already forming in Ukraine. Now... I do know that after the um, overthrow of uh, Yanukovych, Russia annexed Crimea, right? Which they just had a celebration about a few days ago. 
which was uh, pretty crappy because by all accounts that I've read, that was actually illegal. Totally, bro. The reason, though, was to secure this naval base away from the new Ukrainian government. And, and here's the thing. No stateside press reported on the U.S. involvement in this thing at all. As a matter of fact, most of these deals have been either modified or erased from the history of this thing completely. You got to go back to things that are like really old to find any of this stuff. So, class, what have we learned from Mr. Kane's report? Oh, 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 me, 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 me. Timmy? That things are not always black and white? That's right, Timmy. There's a million shades of gray in this deal. You got left-thinking folks aligning with extreme right-wing neo-fascists all to topple an authoritarian idiot who nobody wanted. And in the fallout, creates this insane scrambling for control from not only within the country, but from outside Ukraine as well. And everybody seeing the possibilities for their own agendas. And that's one hell of a mix of strange bedfellows. And can I add just one thing? Surely. These uh, recent pinwheel-eyed fruit and nut bags with their claims of Jewish space lasers, uh, dead South American presidents involved in voter fraud, alien squid larvae in vaccines. I was kind of on board with that for a minute. But anyway, and all the rest of that pig wind, all it really does, besides make them look like morons, is create a contempt for a true dissenting opinion, okay? Something we should not be ignoring, even from the pinwheel-eyed wackos. When we start limiting speech, anybody's speech, we get into some nasty territory, and the Constitution, as you might recall, was set up to fight just this thing. Just saying. Well, well put, Mr. Keynes. As uh, folks know who have uh, listened to this program in the past, I'm, I'm a fan of discourse and engagement. You know, I'm not going to blame privately owned social media companies who have restrictions or mandates on uh, public policies for the content of their platforms. It's their show, right? It just leads me to wonder why there aren't more truly democratic sites out there you know, promoting free speech. Well, we could start with the fact that most of those, quote, sites have corporate benefactors who really have an agenda all their own, despite the denials of those sites. So, like I did, just follow the money. Well, thanks for that report, Mr. Keynes. I'm sure many, many, many are uh, even more confused now than when we started. Just doing my part. Well, we shall return to the progress of our program, returning. No, now that's confusing. When the right time comes, you'll understand. It's a show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. TheFuseBoxShow.com Well, welcome back, friends. And uh, I would like to mention, as we uh, change gears here a bit, that uh, Fusebox is now being streamed on our newest addition to the ever-growing list of affiliates. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Third Ear Radio, and it began uh, just a few days ago and can be heard Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
And you'll just have to uh, get your slide rule and compass out to figure out the rest of those time zones, like, uh, you know, Greenwich Mean Time or whatever. But if you're hovering around the six stellar nebulae of Behaviron 9, well, it's cocktail time for you. Yeah, that's real-time stream time, folks, not a on-demand kind of thing. Just like the good old days. Yeah, just like being there. Or not. You uh, can find a link to Third Ear Radio in the show notes, and uh, I gotta say, man, that stream of theirs sounds fantastic. There's a good-sized bandwidth there, so nothing sounds crushed or compressed. Very nice. Very nice indeed. So uh, just go to the site and click uh, the Player tab, And uh, listen in. They're going to have an app shortly, but uh, in the meantime, push the button. Alrighty then. So, uh, friends, I uh, have a little tech geek moment here. Sorry, those not interested, you can fast forward. It's fine. (laughs) Unless, of course, you're on radio. You're going to have to stick with me. So I took the plunge on this new uh, Mac that got released a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I I was going to ask if uh, that was a go. You know, because I know you were chewing the door jams off waiting for this thing to be announced. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, ain't it the truth? (laughs) Well, I have been using uh, a Mac Pro for years. Now, I'm talking the cheese grater style one from uh, the year 2008, right? Well... 2008 slash 2009. I uh, upgraded it internally several times over the years, but uh, just recently uh, hit that place that uh, all legacy equipment, don't you love that term? Legacy? Yeah, it means it's old, bro. Really old. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but it, it worked so well. And you, could, you, you, know, you could tweak all sorts of components in there to uh, just get the box dialed in the way you want it to be. And to be honest, most of the updated versions of the Mac Pro were just not practical. I mean, you couldn't upgrade with third-party stuff at all, like, you know, video cards or whatever you were going to do. Yeah, then they did that one a few years ago. Yeah. And if you had a spare six or seven thousand laying around, you uh, might get it close to what you're looking for. Yeah, not impressed, really. No. So I waited, knowing they were working on their own silicon. So I'm really glad that I did. Apple released the uh, M1 chip in 2020, and then, just last year, back in October, they came out with the M1 Pro and M1 Max silicon that um, accelerated the chip far beyond its previous limits. Well, you thought the box you wanted was coming out in October, yeah? <laughs> yes, I did. And as did a lot of the Apple prognosticators out there on YouTube and wherever else. We were all very, very disappointed at that time. Uh, When that event turned into basically a laptop-only thing, well, the the laptop folks, of course, were doing backflips. But for the rest of us desktop users, we had to wait a little bit longer. Well, I seem to recall a rather torqued-off demeanor, Mr. Rose. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, at the time, I was irritated. You know, it's about laptops again. Oh, great. I appreciate them. Hell, I have one. But I was just really hoping that I could get out from under this uh, this spinning beach ball nightmare that is my daily routine at present. As we all know, software keeps getting more and more sophisticated and requires more and more computer resources to support this uh, wondrous 
functionality. And I got to say, some of this stuff is pretty wondrous, truly. But it paid off for you, yeah? I mean, the weight, I mean. Yes, Mr. Keynes, it did. Uh, Back on March 8th, Apple announced and uh, showed to the world the new Apple Mac Studio, which is uh, similar in size to the Mac Mini, if you're familiar with that, but uh, taller. It's actually like two Mac Minis stacked up on top of one another. It has all the ports uh, folks like me require as well, as well as being blindingly fast. You know, we always say shit like that. And then a while later, we're like banging our heads on the desk because it feels so slow. Yeah, I know. I hear you. And I, I, I just as guilty, frankly. But this truly is a game changer. The speeds and processing power of this thing will uh, save so much time. It's crazy. I mean, just if you just think about the time it takes to wait for some renders or some processing, you, you add all that stuff up, you're wasting hours. Seriously. Yeah, and I, I actually, I remember watching a video of a guy in a studio setting, and uh, and this was just running the new Mac Mini, not not with the accelerated silicon, not the uh, you know M1 Max or Ultra or whatever, just the regular one. And he had, in a typical audio uh, workstation, he had 250 audio tracks loaded up with a bunch of plugins on each track, and and additional software instruments as well so this is this is a fat session okay and so and then he pushed play the thing didn't even blink it just played all the tracks in perfect sync it was amazing and i've heard that exact same thing from folks that i know that have uh, converted over uh, one cat actually <laughs> actually sold his older Mac Pro and now runs the whole room from a Mac Mini. Crazy. Well, and uh, when do we start tearing things up and uh, making room for it? Because, you know, that's my favorite part, the tearing up bit. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I do know that about you. And it's a wee disturbing. <laughs> Just a wee, huh? <laughs> well, in truth, a brontosaurus size disturbing. Mr. Keynes. Well, uh, due date is uh, somewhere between the end of March and April 6th. So uh, we'll see. It's going to be a bit tedious, though, as uh, I'm playing with the thought that rather than migrating the whole older system to this new system, I'm just going to do a clean install of uh, only what I truly need to run and see how that goes. Yeah, that'll be a process, bro. But uh, like you say... Uh, That way, uh, it'll be clean, and you only need to put back on it what you really use. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe that app that creates exotic animal calendars, you might want to leave that one out. Mr. Keynes, that's a most valuable and, dare I say, useful application. Really? Well, I use it after hours. You know, to unwind. Uh Uh-huh. And speaking of delusional thinking... It's time to take a trip down south. That's right, down there. Right down there to that area down there. (laughs) To explore the logic from a decidedly different and clearly uncharted part of the brain. Dateline! Spring Hill! All right, hold on to your crack pipes, friends. So, 
Police arrested a man after they say he called 911 and requested them to test his meth. <laughs> <laughs> Deputies with the Hernando County Sheriff's Office were dispatched to a home in Spring Hill, Florida, after a resident called 911 to request that a, a deputy come and, quote, test the methamphetamine he had just bought. When deputies arrived, they met with 41-year-old Thomas Eugene Colucci. Thomas said Colucci told the deputies he had purchased meth from a man he met in a local bar. As you do. And believed it was actually bath salts after using some of it. Oh, holy car. Well, you know, thank God he didn't take a bath in it. <laughs> well, he would have been springtime fresh, Mr. Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> Police said... Colucci told them he was an experienced drug user and that he had used meth before and, quote, knew what it should feel like. He then produced two small baggies, each one containing a white crystal-like substance, and handed them over to the deputy, according to the sheriff's office. <laughs> Police said the substance did not provide the sensation Colucci was expecting, which is why he called 911. Colucci told the deputies he wanted his meth tested because he did not want other people to purchase, quote, fake meth from the man who sold it to him, adding that he wanted deputies to, quote, put the person in trouble, end quote, for selling dangerous drugs. Police said he was unable to provide a name or contact info for the man who sold the drugs to him. Well, what a considerate guy. Clearly delirious, <laughs> but considerate. <laughs> a deputy performed a field test on a sample of the substance from each of the baggies as requested. Both baggies tested positive for methamphetamine. Fancy that. Yeah. The deputies, of course, then placed Colucci under arrest. He was put in the back of a patrol vehicle and then taken to a hospital after he began complaining about chest pains. He was later cleared and released by a doctor. And I think it's just the heat down there. I don't think the drugs have much to do with it. Dateline! Lake Worth! Okay, so uh, this one seems to have spread actually beyond the confines of the uh, Sunshine State lately, but I'm sure it will become a permanent behavior soon. When the camera footage from a doorbell camera was reviewed by the owners, it revealed a startling and unspeakable act. It clearly shows a man approaching the camera and then proceeding to lick the lens. <laughs> okay, now we're in there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, evidently, one lick was not enough, friends. As the chap takes a step back, ogles the lens, and then repeats the licking maneuver. Again, and again... And again, and one more again, again. Evidently, the man is still at large, and charges, whatever the hell they might be, are pending. Mmm, tasty. <laughs> Dateline, Indian River County. A man who thought he was 140 miles away from his actual location told deputies he vapes THC to, quote, get himself ready because Jesus was returning. 
That's right. 23-year-old Carlos Gullian of Port St. Lucie was approached by deputies after they were called to the Vero Beach outlets off State Road 60. Deputies found Gullian in the driver's seat of a parked vehicle. The inside reeked of alcohol, and in the passenger seat was a half bottle of Hennessy cognac. <laughs> nice. <laughs> as well as a cup which appeared to contain the same booze in a cup holder. When asked for his driver's license, Gullian handed the deputy a vape pen containing THC. Deputy said Gullian thought he was in Tampa, nearly 140 miles away from his actual location of Vero Beach. He told deputies he was enjoying his time in Tampa and that he was vaping the THC pen, quote, to get himself ready because Jesus was returning. Okay, so is that when they hit him with the mental health hammer? I think he was hammered enough, Mr. Keynes. What the fuck, Florida? <laughs> yes. And on that inebriated note, we'll grab our clown shoe-sized cross trainers and make a mad dash for the door, but not before thanking our contributor to this edition of Fusebox, Mago Weston, for Sterling ideification. And uh, thanks as well to the intercounty man of mystery, <laughs> Milk Keynes, for technical assistance and so forth and so on. A pleasure as always. And uh, folks, if you listen to this as a podcast, be sure to subscribe and uh, maybe even give us 11 out of 5 stars or whatever. That, that would really be great. It truly would be great indeed. Yes, we appreciate that, and we also appreciate you pushing play or tuning in, as the case may be, to this edition of the show, friends. We sincerely do. I have been your resting on rented laurels host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. Fuse.